In this next edition of the Home Care Heroes Community Edition, Sarah interviews Carlita Vassar, an amazing agency owner and nurse who right now is running a COVID vaccine clinic across the state of Missouri out of her home care agency. Enjoy. Welcome to the Home Care Heroes Podcast Community Edition, uniting the home care community. Here's your host, Sarah Moore. Welcome to another episode of a Home Care Community the Podcast. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Carlita Vassar from a home care agency in Missouri called At Home Care. Carlita Vassar, MA, BSN, RN, CCN, is the Director of Nursing and CEO of At Home Care. She has also been a registered nurse for over 25 years. Carlita completed her undergraduate degree in nursing and her Master's of Arts in Leadership and Management. She received her certification as parish nurse through the Deaconess Foundation, and currently she's completing a Doctor of Management program at Webster University. Thank you very much, Carlita, for joining me on this call today. Thank you very much. I need to take you around with me more often. I sound good. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have an amazing background. That's why you're here today. So I've known you as a customer as long as I've been with Ancoda, which will actually be four years at the end of this February. And over those four years, I've enjoyed working with you and your team. But this episode is really to talk about your accomplishments and kind of the life of your day in your shoes at at home care. So let's start there. So as owner and operator of at home care, Mm -hmm. it's a different for me because it's not just a place of employment. This is my baby. Um, My duties every day range. Um, I always say that I get to do my job in the evening after everybody gets to go home because during the day I am focused on one of the four offices and whatever is in their plate from um, recruiting efforts to assisting with billing or helping with scheduling in our wonderful ANCODA system. Um, so my duties range day to day. Um, we are also huge in community partnerships. So I work tirelessly on continuing our wraparound services with our community partners from energy assistance to helping generate more partnerships with food pantries, as well as providing aid and assistance for just basic general needs, such as meals delivered to the home. Also, one of the things that I would say I do consistently every day is we do try to do a morning mental touch, which is something that we started about a year ago. And what it is, is we just want to pause in the morning to kind of be grateful for the day that we have in front of us and grateful for the day that we have behind us. So that, that's usually how I always start every single morning here at home care. I love that. That's that's a wonderful way to start, especially with this past year and the challenges that we've had. I, I love that. So your credentials remark on how committed you are to your profession. And you've also participated in the National Council of State Board of Nursing as a member of the expert panel. Uh, Do you want to talk about this a little bit more? Yeah, that's an awesome opportunity. I am involved with helping develop the test material for the National Council of State Board of Nursing. 
and it entails a panel of nurses that are recruited who meet the qualifications based on what subject matter they're focusing on at that period of time. I've asked off and on throughout the years, I'm not always able based on my crazy work schedule, but it is something that I actually enjoy doing. It allows me to stay engaged in what's happening in the clinical world because I don't work directly in the hospital. And so it lets me have a little bit of direct insight what's uh, happening clinically nationally because there are nurses from all around the country and even Guam that sit on the panel for the National State Board of Nursing. And in the future, also Canada as well, because they're doing some type of collaborative effort for the nursing licenses between the two countries. It also allows us an opportunity to be a voice in regards to the educational material that nurses are needing when they're coming out of school. And so the board test is what directs the universities or the nursing schools on their curriculum. The end goal for anyone who's in school is to graduate and any nurse, the end goal is to pass their state boards. It allows Missouri to have a voice in the test questions and it's a wonderful opportunity. Yeah, that is an amazing opportunity. And I like how you put it too, to stay engaged because there's so much that you do in your daily daily job with both at-home care and all the other things that you, that you do that you have passion about. So I think that is critical to stay engaged of things that, you, that you're interested in and, you know, keep that spirit alive. So there's a running joke from uh, with nurses that will stand in grocery store lines and check out veins. Like, oh, they have great <laughs> veins. <laughs> you know, that would be easy stick. Or, you know. So I think once a nurse, always a nurse. We're nursing even when we're not trying to. That's funny. I have another another customer that says that nursing runs in her DNA. So I think that maybe nursings have that. Nurses have that in common. Yeah, it runs. It definitely does. (laughs) That's great. So not only all of this, but you're instrumental in grant writing, and you have a long history of advocating for healthcare. You mentioned the the other programs that you work to help your your clients. Can you speak a bit more about the activity here and why you're so passionate about it? So I've been a nurse for over. I hate to say that loud. Over (laughs) twenty five years. Yeah. I was actually a an aide prior to that. So healthcare has uh, is a part of who I am and is important to me because I, like many individuals, have had family members that have dealt with different diseases or have had had death in the families related to a disease process from heart disease to diabetes to what I call controllable deaths, meaning. And some scenarios with better health care or better awareness of their own health care needs, some could have been maybe not avoided, but delayed. Mm-hmm. Uh, from diabetics not understanding how important it is to take their blood sugars to diabetics not doing their insulin the way that they should or following the diet that they are put on. Or individuals who are told it's imperative that they lose weight and then they go home and fry chicken and make macaroni and cheese and everything wonderful on the Sunday. 
are and just the conversation, the kitchen table conversations that people have all the time where you hear, I'm going to die someday. Well, you don't have to make that day today. Mm-hmm. And that is really what started, it was, was a catalyst for me to become more of an advocate with the community on how important their health is. Together is only together when there's more than one. And I had no desire to continue to lose people in my life or in my circle or attached to my circle through my friends and my family. So that's initially how it began. While I was in nursing school, I had never heard of a parish nurse before. And it was actually through the seminary that's next door to the university where I attended. And I thought, well, that would be wonderful because I was really an advocate within the church attend a very large, we call it a mega church, but it's a large church in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And I became kind of the church nurse and I was heavily involved in what was just reaching out to the organization and collaborative partners of the church as well. So what really was the push was around towards the end of my time in school. I was a late college graduate. It took me a long time because to actually graduate from college, I was one that do a class here, do a couple semesters there. Katrina happened Mm -hmm. and a lot of individuals came to St. Louis and our church became kind of like a big hub in regards to providing resources to the community. And so that was from that point on, it really struck me that I had the time, the talent, the treasure, because it was a part of my heart that I needed to be a part of the solution, at least in my own world, as much as I could be. So I started becoming uh, more of a vocal person and trying to talk to different legislators about how, how important it is to have healthcare education dollars. It wasn't, it's still something that you don't hear a lot of, but it's very important to spend the dollars on the education to the community because we're going to have to spend the dollars later on taking care of their health if we don't teach people how to do it. I had a radio show called Returning to Eden, Keeping God's Temple Healthy, and it was digitally aired towards the end. It actually became a website that gets streamed because of the change of the radio station. But I had over 40,000 different listeners who really wanted to hear more about how to help healthier behaviors and make good decisions and live a positive lifestyle. It stretched about 13, 14 states from the listening viewers. And initially, I did not even realize how many listeners we had. I just didn't want to know. I was so afraid that I was going to be the only person talking on the mic to myself. And the best part of the conversation would be my daughter would be my introduction. She was tiny at that time. My daughter would be the introduction. You would hear her. Hi, this is Jaden. And she was tiny, tiny. And then at the end of the day, she would tell everybody, have a blessed afternoon, have a blessed Sunday morning, because it was always Sunday morning that I would do it. And I thought that was the only reason people would listen. And that was it. And towards the end, uh, when I actually was like, okay, and when I found out how many people were starting to really listen to the show, I realized that we want to know, we want to do better. And 
anything that I could do as an individual to bring these issues to light, as well as bring the health issues to light, as well as provide the education I will do. That's amazing. There's so many different avenues that you pulled from your life and your experience, and you're always pushing to make sure that people have what they need, which is really admirable. And I think your story is going to really resonate with our listeners. And now what you're doing in this new era of COVID, which, you know, we've been, we we chatted a little bit earlier and yeah. we can't believe that it's already been here a year that this has been a part of our life. But now the good news is the vaccines are becoming more available and you and your team are actually participating in a drive-by vaccine clinic. I guess my question to you about that is, did you know from the beginning that you would like to be instrumental in administrating vaccines or what made you decide to be a participating agency in the distribution of COVID vaccines? Well, Sarah, I'll tell you the funniest thing. Uh, No, (laughs) actually, initially, we're so busy and I, I I didn't know, but I will tell you it's been full circle. Mm-hmm. I was just prior to all of this and before I even had a home care agency, part of my vo- strong volunteer focus um, had been on community-based education, community education, community-based programs. And I actually co-founded something called the, was called at that time, the Robert Fulton Medical Reserve Corps, and then it's changed his, changed his name to Gateway St. Louis Medical Reserve Corps which is a community-based program under the Assistant Secretary for Preparedness and Response. And their focus is on preparing the community for disaster preparedness and pandemic. So I had all of this knowledge from the years of being actively engaged in preparedness and disaster preparedness, making sure you preparing your car. Um, I have probably educated, I would just off the top of my head say over 90,000 people because I've done it in mass stadiums as well. And just how important, like when the Church of God in Christ has been in St. Louis, every single person that had to walk through that door had to hear from me. So made sure that they had materials about how to be safe. And so when I found out that it was an opportunity for vaccine, any organization who wanted to become a vaccinator, I hesitated just because I knew that it was going to be a great responsibility, but it is a much needed avenue because it gives opportunity for flexible vaccination. There are Mass vaccination in the states are doing wonderful across the country with the resources that they have available, are doing the best that they can do with the resources they have available. And um, from the local public health departments to the federally qualified health centers, um, they do great at doing vaccinations as well. But I knew that there will be individuals who will kind of get left off to the side, not because of any one doing anything wrong. It's just transportation is an issue or they're not going to want to go into a facility to do a, attend a mass vaccination program. So with the medical oversight by the state medical director, they allowed agencies to become vaccinators. 
it's been an interesting learning curve because we originally were opening one clinic in St. Louis and thought, well, we'll open one in St. Louis and then we will do mobile clinic pop-ups around the state. And it's actually turned out to be we're doing four vaccination clinics and we will still do pop-ups around the state. At Home Care covers 64 counties. Um, we will mm-hmm. probably not hit all 64 counties, but we will definitely try to hit as many as we can um, with multiple vaccination clinics being run at the same time. All we wanted to do is to be a support of the state's COVID-19 vaccination program and be a resource as well to what they're already doing. And that's incredible. And it's exactly what is needed is anybody that can help, that's able to help and that's willing to help like yourselves is one step forward to us having a a new normal that we can be with one another again. I will say that within Missouri, one of the hardest things right now is the vaccinations aren't trickling down um, throughout the state as swiftly as one would like. So our starting date has kind of been pushed back and pushed back off for the last few weeks. Um, but it does allow us the ability to do more preparation. The need is great. We are one of a thousand in the state. And I firmly believe that the more individuals that become vaccinators, the better, because it's all about saving lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, thanks for talking a little bit more about that. And I guess you could say that you've been preparing for the pandemic for quite a while and (laughs) we are happy. (laughs) You didn't even know. But so, it's you know, it's people like you that help us get through it. And we appreciate everything you're doing and your participation in those clinics and everything that you do for healthcare and the healthcare community. And thank you for being a leader and a role model to our industry. And also I appreciate and thank you again for being a part of this A Home Care Community podcast episode. Oh, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks for joining us today on the Home Care Heroes podcast. Home Care Heroes is produced by Ancoda, the software for the heroes of home care. You can listen to back episodes by visiting forhomecareheroes.com. That's the number four, then the words homecareheroes.com.